Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 8 today. Those of you that are joining us uh, online or maybe by way of television or the podcast, so glad and thankful that you are with us today. Luke chapter 8 is the story we'll be looking at. Let's go ahead and read through it kind of all the way through to begin. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're gonna drown. And he got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. This is a story about storms. You ever been in one? <laughs> I think I've, I've told the story before. I was, I was like nine years old and went on a camping trip. It was churches from all over the state of Ohio and went with our church and a bunch of, bunch of boys, and I was nine years old, and we went out there. And this is probably like one of the first times that I had been away from home in this kind of a way. And uh, so we were out there, and the Friday night was just awesome. We had all these people together. We had this big bonfire, and they, they sang songs, and somebody talked about Jesus. And I can remember just my little nine-year-old heart going, I love this, I love this. And then the next day, we got up, and we ate food around a campfire, and we didn't have to wash or even change our underwear. I mean, it was just, it was awesome. And we played all these big group games and then we went fishing, which I just, I have this, such a clear memory of this. And then somebody came up to our group and said, hey, there's a storm coming and it's a bad storm. It was a tornado had been spotted. And so we all had to gather together. And so they got, if I remember, I was like 800 men and boys like all in this, you're, you're just out in this big campground. You can't be around the trees. There weren't any buildings for us to find shelter in. So you had to go down in this gully, like this giant ditch, because that was like the lowest and, and, and apparently the, like the safest place for us to go. So we all stood out in the rain in this gully for hours, just waiting to die. <laughs> I mean, I have a very, very clear memory in all of my courage and strength looking at the leader, one of the leaders of our group, and I remember looking right at him with all of the nine-year-old courage that I could muster and going, we're all gonna die. We are all gonna die. I was sure of it. And very fortunately, no one was harmed. The tornado did not touch down. We were near the city of Xenia, Ohio, and it was one of the most frightening moments of my life that shaped my life for years to come. That every time I saw a storm cloud, I got a little sick to my stomach for years. I still don't like them. Also for, for years, kind of fourth, fifth grade, if you'd asked me, Chad, what are you gonna be when you grow up? I would have said a weatherman. <laughs> I thought somehow if I was a meteorologist, I could control things and control the weather. And then I decided instead to just deal with truth. 
But a storm shapes you, doesn't it? Oftentimes when you go through it, you're just not the same. It affects you. It changes you. And to be honest, can I be honest? The last couple of weeks have felt like a storm to this guy. From the perspective of not just things in my own life, things that are happening in the church. I mean, the reality is just in the last few weeks, we've had three key staff members. If you're, if you're just joining us, we talked a little bit today about Ben Chaco's transition from our team. He's no longer a part of our team. That's three key staff members who have transitioned all within the last few weeks, and none of them related, none of them connected to one another, and all of them kind of separately from things that are actually happening at Calvary, but you, you gotta imagine that this kid goes, this is a storm. <laughs> like, how are we gonna navigate this? Because it's a tough season sometimes. You know storms, don't you? Because they come in our lives. I mean, just look at our world right now. And you can't help but go that these last few years have been filled with storms. It seems like we've had, even more than normal, a constant political storm. We weathered and have faced a, a pandemic storm like we've not known in our lifetime. We've now got a war in Europe. We've got inflation like we haven't known in a long time. And I'm not even talking about the mass shootings. Multiple times we're People, innocent people have lost their lives for no reason, and you just go, this is, God, this is crazy. Doesn't it feel like a storm sometimes? And I haven't even talked about your storm yet. <laughs> so what do you do when you face a storm? I want, I want to take this story about storms today and unpack it a little bit for us. About two weeks ago, just in my own kind of personal time reading God's word one morning, I came to this story in Luke chapter eight. And you know those times when the Holy Spirit just has something just jump off the page at you? Like there was something different about what was inside of me when I read this story and I felt like the Spirit said, Chad, this is for you. And then I felt like the Spirit said, Chad, this is, this is for you. Like this is for us, for our church today. And I wanna talk about what do you do when you're in the midst of a storm? We're gonna take those verses, and I just wanna unpack it a little bit for us today, and I wanna talk about finding faith in the storms of life. About finding faith in the storms of life. So is it okay if we just kinda of take these verses, and then we'll just kinda of take them a little bit at a time, and, and can I show you some of the things that I feel like God has dropped in my heart about how do we navigate the storms we go through? Are you with me, is that all right? So let's jump in, Mar uh, Luke chapter eight, verse 22. It says, one day, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. Who doesn't enjoy a day on the lake, am I right? Like, that's a pretty good invitation. Jesus says, fellas, come on, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, these guys weren't so, <coughs> excuse me, weren't so used to going to the other side of the lake. They were fishermen in Capernaum, so they kind of usually stayed pretty close to home. But they were like, well, this sounds like fun. All right, let's go. We're gonna go over to the other side of the lake. And even in the process of getting there, they encounter a storm. Jesus was the, it was his idea. And yet on the way, they encounter a storm. Here's what I want you to see. You can be in the will of God and still find yourself in the middle of a storm. You can be smack dab in the middle of the will of God. And you can still find yourself in a place where you are in the middle of the storm. Isn't that true? I mean, some of the greatest blessings in our lives are also some of the things that bring storms to us in different seasons. True? 
Like how many of us would say, hey, one of, one of my greatest joys is that I'm a parent. And you would also say some of my greatest storms have come because I'm a parent. These are just real things. The more you have to steward in your life, the more you have to steward in your life. We said it several months ago. Increase comes with issues. And oftentimes, the blessings in our lives are even the very same things that bring burdens in our lives. True? And we might go, I know people who are tempted to go, I don't think this is God because it's a storm. I don't think God's here because this is tough. I don't think God's with us because this is difficult. And the reality is you can be right in the middle of God's will and still face a storm. I shared a little bit with you last week about, about our, our garden at home. And in, in spite of those things, I love my yard. I just, I just, I, there's something about it where you just feel peaceful and, and just, I just like, I like being in the backyard. I like, I like just being at home. I enjoy it. Um, and and, it, and it, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you something though? It's work. And as much as I enjoy it, I still gotta mow it. And then unexpected things happen, like weeds. True? Drainage issues. You got rodents. All kinds of stuff that you go, I enjoy this, but it's not easy. It's work. But when I go out there and I have to work in the yard, I don't go, I never should have lived here. <laughs> I just realize that that's a part of life and living in those places. I know too many people who when they get in the middle of a storm, they think that somehow they're in the wrong place. Can I tell you this? Do not let the storm you are in keep you from where God wants you to be. Read for me later. Read for me later what happens in Luke chapter eight because when they get to the next story, verse 26, when they get to the other side of the lake, what Jesus does there is one of the most tremendous works of freedom and deliverance in all the gospels. But to get there, they had to go through a storm first. So if you're in a storm, don't check out. Can you hear me? Because some of you, and I felt this very strongly, someone needs to hear this. Stay on course. Don't give up. Don't check out. Don't think you're in the wrong place just because you're in a storm. Sometimes storms are just a part of life. True? Let's go back to the story. Luke chapter 8, verse 23. As they sailed, he fell asleep. Do any of you know somebody like this? Like as soon as you get in the car, they're out. Raise your hand if you're a little bitter about people who are like that. I am. I can't, sl I can't sleep in the car. I need to be more like Jesus. But what's he do? They, they get in the boat. As they sailed, he fell asleep. And a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Mark and Matthew kind of imply to us that not only did Jesus fall asleep, but when the storm came, Jesus stayed asleep. Right, they had to wake him up. And he's sleeping right through this storm. And some of you, when you go through a storm in your life, you go, it feels like Jesus is sleeping. Ever been there? You wonder like, where is he in this? Can I encourage you, just because it seems like Jesus is not doing anything, it does not mean he is not there. When you're going through a storm and you're like, God, where are you? God, it seems like you're not, not even with me. You're not doing anything. Just because it seems like Jesus is not doing anything, it doesn't mean that he's not there. But probably the darkest season of my life I can remember, walking through for months and going, God, are you even here? God, do you even care? What's wrong with me? 
moving through those moments. And it was only afterwards when I looked back that I could clearly see that Jesus was probably closer to me in those moments than any other time in my life. I just didn't know it in the middle of that storm. And if you are in a storm, know this, just because it seems like Jesus is not doing anything, it does not mean that he is not there in your life. And can I tell you, here's what he models for us, you can still find peace when the storm is raging. Even when a storm is raging around you, as you trust him to work in your life, you can still find peace. Don't forget he's in the boat. I know this is a cliche, but don't you forget, isn't he as close as the mention of his name? He is with you in those moments. Back to the story, Luke chapter eight, verse 23. As they sailed, he fell asleep and a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Does anybody remember the, 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 the historical story or the song about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? Do you remember that? On the Great Lakes, this massive uh, freighter that basically broke in half in a, in a nasty storm. And sometimes we think that the ocean waters are the most dangerous place that you can be, but when a storm comes up on an inland lake, it doesn't have the same kind of rhythms and flows of the ocean. It's erratic, it's unpredictable, and it can be disastrous. And one of the places on planet Earth where storms come up in just a freaky way is the Sea of Galilee. The sea of Galilee sits 700 feet below sea level and is surrounded by mountains. So when the wind comes through into what in an effect is, is kind of a giant bowl, when that wind comes through, whether from the east or from the west, it is incredible. It is incredible the storms that it can produce. I, I've shared this before, but back in, in 2016, I was staying in a hotel on the Sea of Galilee on the 10th floor of a hotel where we could look right out on the sea. It was beautiful for most of the time we were there. But I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a voracious storm, one that I was pretty sure, well, if you remember, I'm, I'm known to say, we're all gonna die. <laughs> but it was bad. And I was like, this is what the Bible's talking about. When these storms come down on the lake out of the mountains so that the boat was being swamped and they were in, don't miss this, they were in great danger. But isn't that what a storm is? A storm is not just one raindrop, is it? It's a whole lot at once. The storm isn't just one gust of wind. It's when you wonder if the wind is ever gonna stop. Anybody been there? Where, where is it in the Bible where it says when it rains, it pours? Have you read that part? <laughs> it's not in there, it's not in there. But have you lived that part? Doesn't it seem like there's times where you go, enough already? But that's a storm, that's how they come. And here's, here's something I don't want you to miss. There is real danger in strong storms. When you're going through a storm in your life, <coughs> excuse me, just like the storm that the disciples faced in the physical sense, you might be going through a season of storm in your life, and don't underestimate the fact that there can be real danger in those storms. What, what kind of storms? Well, sometimes it's just what we would call a, a life storm. Stuff just happens. Sometimes in your life, a, a warm front meets a cold front, and who knows what's gonna happen. Sometimes life just comes with storms. Sometimes there's seasonal storms where you go through a difficult season at work, in your family, in your health, and it's a tough storm to navigate. 
Sometimes they're, they're world storms where you look at the headlines and just say, the world's gone crazy. Anybody? And you go, God, what on earth is going on? And sometimes they're people storms. Storms that we cause in our lives or storms that come because of our relationship with other people. And can I be honest? In my experience, the people storms are some of the worst, aren't they? They're some of the most difficult to navigate because sometimes they just leave you with questions where you go, this just does not make sense. It's not how I thought it was gonna go. It's not who I thought that person was. And we started asking a lot of questions and it, and it, and it wreaks havoc on our emotions. Have you, you ever heard, there's, there's uh, old research on what's referred to as the, the stages of grief. That when you're grieving, you, you, you tend to go through some different kind of almost emotional cycles. One day you're angry, the next you're depressed. You kind of have denial, this can't be true, or you like a bargain, like how do I get out of this situation? And sometimes you feel like you have acceptance of the situation, and then it's just the next day you start being angry again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had a day where you wake up with one emotion and you go to bed with a different one? And then you wake up the next day and you go, I didn't know there was a third emotion. I didn't know that this was coming. That's real life. Because sometimes what we encounter is life where we face people storms and we just go, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. And can I tell you that, that sometimes we go, well, God, in the midst of this storm, then that, that person wasn't the right person. Or maybe even more, sometimes we go, I'm not the right person. I, I'm not the right person for where God put me or I'm not doing the right thing. Let me talk to you about character for just a moment. You can be the right person and not be the right person. Right? You can be the right person for the place where God puts you. But if you don't pursue a life with righteousness and character, then you'll find yourself in a place where you're not the right person to be the right person God created you to be. Does that make sense? It's like we have to keep an eye on our own lives because you can be the right person and not be the right person. And the reality is we, we have to take a deep, deep look at ourselves because what we have seen over the last few years over and over and over again is looking at so many people where we go, that's not who I thought they were. Do you remember names like Bill Cosby and Matt Lauer? You just go, I didn't see that coming. And unfortunately, it seems like over and over and over again, I've seen those headlines coming out of the church world. And we just go, God, what is going on? And when we hear these stories, or when these people storms come, especially when they involve the, the faults, the failures, the sins of other people, if the sins of others do not cause you to examine your own life, see, it can be easy to kind of be judgy. Any, anybody naturally judgy? Don't raise your hand, they'll judge you. <laughs> right? It can be easy to be judgy. It can be easy to be angry. It can be easy to be self-righteous. But if you find yourself in a place where when you hear about the sins of others, it doesn't cause you to examine your own heart, then maybe that's a good sign that something in your heart 
need some help from the Holy Spirit. Just because I have not done what he has done, it does not mean that I could not do what he did. And Holy Spirit, will you help me to look at my own life? I, I told you about my yard just a couple of minutes ago. And I, I truly do enjoy mowing the grass. Like it's, it's almost kind of therapeutic. I got these, these kind of noise canceling headphones on. I say it's to protect my ears. Mostly it's to protect myself from everybody else. <laughs> I put those things on and I go out there and it's, it's almost therapeutic. But do you ever have those weeks where you just don't have the time to mow? And you're like, I don't know when I'm gonna get this grass mowed. And then the one day that you have time, it rains, doesn't it? Storm comes on that day. Well, that's, that's been my house lately. I got the front mowed. It looks good. <laughs> got the front mode, it's great. You drive by, you're like, oh, what a nice house. You go to the back, it's amber waves of green grain. Like literally, I need a, what do they call those things? Brush hogs to come in there and do something. It's a good thing we don't have little kids anymore. We'd have lost them in there. You, you drive by my house, you're gonna go, this man's yard looks good. Don't pull in. Do not pull in. Because in the back, it's a mess, because I've tended the part that you can see, but I've ignored the part in the back, and the reality is, I've dealt with the front yard, it's my backyard sins I don't want you to see, but if you're not careful, your backyard sins are going to catch up to you, and at some point, we have to take a look at the whole thing. When you hear the sins of others, people storms, if it doesn't cause you to examine your own heart, then I propose to you that maybe your heart needs some examination. Luke chapter eight, verse 24. The disciples went and woke him saying, master, master, we're gonna drown. Men of great faith, are they not? I'd have fit right in. We're all gonna die. But I don't blame them. Because faith can seem frail when storms are strong, true? <laughs> so many times it's in strong storms that we're easy, it's easy, we're, we're quick to go, God, where are you? God, what happened? God, do you care? And it's easy to get pretty negative. Now, these were guys that had been with Jesus for three years. These, these were people who had seen him heal people and raise the dead, and yet in this moment, their immediate thought was, that's a big storm and we're never gonna make it. Be careful that you do not put more faith in the power of your storm than in the power of your Savior. Because you have a Savior who is greater than any storm, true? So be careful that in those storms, you're not placing so much faith in the power of your storm that you forget the power of your Savior. Back to verse 24, it says the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're gonna drown. And he got up and rebuked the wind in the raging waters, and the storm subsided, and all was calm, with just a word. You see Jesus do this multiple times in the book of Luke, where it says he rebukes something, he speaks to a demon, and it flees. He speaks to sickness, and they're healed. He speaks to the wind and the waves, 
and all is calm. And Jesus has the power with just a word to bring peace to your heart in the middle of your storm. Psalm 89, verse 9, you rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. Jesus is greater than any storm you face. I wish we had more time to unpack that, but Jesus is greater than any storm you face. Do you agree? (laughs) So here's what someone needs to hear. Some of you are in the middle of a storm and you're looking at the wind and you're focused on the waves and you wonder if you're gonna make it and you're trying to figure it all out. Can I encourage you, look to the captain and not to the waves and say, Jesus, trust you. Because the thing that popped off the page to me when I was reading this was Luke chapter eight, verse 25. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. In the middle of this storm you're in, Where's your faith? In the things that you're facing, where have you put your confidence? Is it in how powerful the storm is? Or is it the one that has more power than the storm? So where's your faith? Like, let me just ask you a couple questions. Like, is your faith in life? Like, where you just kind of go, ah, life will work out. It'll all be okay. It's all gonna be good. But like, I'm fine. The reality is, if you put your faith there, it's gonna let you down, is it not? (laughs) And maybe, let's just use, let's keep the analogy going, is your faith in the weather. Like where you go, well, everything, everything's good, and yet when dark clouds come and storms blow in, all of a sudden you lose, you lose your faith because you had put your faith in sunshine and blue skies. And gray skies, thunder, and lightning somehow shake your faith. Or is your faith in people? And as we've already talked about, when we put our faith in people, oftentimes that faith flounders, doesn't it? Can I remind you just one quick thing too? Like the failure of a person does not mean the failure of God. True? <laughs> because too many times when, when I get failed, I, I think, oh God, you must be. Oh God, you must be. Look, just because someone failed, it does not mean that he failed. And let me just take this one more step. Is, is your faith in the ship? Well, let's keep this analogy going for just a minute. Because these guys could have put their faith in the ship. And the reality is the ship was tossed and it could have been broken. And yet that's not where their faith should have been. And yet the ship is such an important part of this story. Because the ship was the place that they all came together to have their faith. And so many times when people go through storms, especially if the storm is a part of, let's say, the ship of the church, we're quick to blame the ship on the storm, and we're quick to say, if that's a storm that I have when I'm on the ship, I'm not gonna stay on that ship, I'll never get on that ship again, and we miss out on being a part of what God wants us to do because we let a storm keep us from sailing anymore. Does that make sense? Like, look, just because storms come, it doesn't mean that's the fault of the ship. I I think some people need to hear this today. Don't abandon the ship because the church needs you. And the church needs you to stand strong. And some of you, maybe maybe you've never been through a storm in a church before. And you just go, I don't don't know that I want to be a part of this. And maybe some of you have, (laughs) you have, let's just say that. You've been through a storm in a church before. And you go, that's it, I'm out. 
Several years ago, I had this really cool privilege of uh, going on this charter fishing trip off the coast of Fort Lauderdale. And so we were out there and I was stoked. We got up early, the sun was shining, got out on that boat and I was so tickled because I'm from Ohio, <laughs> right? It was great, you know, we get in the boat and the captain kind of guns this thing and we're going out into the Atlantic, you know, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then we get out to the part where the fish are and then he starts trolling, kind of going around in circles so that we can get to the fish. And there was this one guy, this is my probably little too much information for you about your prideful pastor. But there was this one guy who all of a sudden, he's kind of a big shot. He kind of wanted everybody to know that on the boat he was a big shot. He started turning green. And then he started looking real closely over the side of the boat. And he wasn't just looking. And I was standing over there going, <laughs> look at that big shot. It wasn't too long after until I started looking real closely over the other side of the boat. And me and the big shot, <laughs> we didn't enjoy the trip much at all. And I said, I am never doing that again. Until the next time I had an opportunity to go out on a boat like that. This time it was a different coast. Our family was in California and we were gonna go whale watching. And I said to myself, this is really cool. I don't want to puke the whole time. So I took motion sickness or, you know, you know what I mean? The medicines for that. Because I learned that sometimes that's just a part of life, but I'm not going to let it keep me off the ship because what we have when we're together, the experiences, the joy, the memories, the faith means so much more than we're together. So can I tell you this? Don't abandon the ship and don't abandon your faith. Look, the storms of life may shape your faith, but they do not have to shake your faith. I'll never be the same because of that tornado when I was nine. Like it shaped me. But the reality is when you go through storms personally, in your family, in a church, those storms, they, they shape us. But please don't let it shake your faith. Let, let's wrap up 8, 8, 825 of the gospel of Luke. Where's your faith? Jesus asked his disciples. And then fear and amazement, they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. These guys just had a near-death experience. They saw their lives flash before their eyes. They literally thought it was all over. And with just a word, Jesus changed things to the point where they said, wow, who is this man? And can I encourage you? Storms have a way of bringing us closer to Jesus. If we will let them, if we will allow it, if we'll be open to seeing his face, our storms have a way of bringing us closer to Jesus. Because here's what I want you to see from this story. When they were going through the storm, Jesus didn't abandon them. He wasn't far from them. Yes, there were times it felt like he wasn't doing anything, but he was with them the whole time. And if you're in a storm right now, I felt, I felt last night that God just kind of dropped this passage from Isaiah 53 in my mind where he says this is a prophecy about Jesus that he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Aren't you thankful that he's familiar with pain? 
Let me, let me say this one more time. Aren't you thankful he's familiar with your pain? Like you're not in the storm alone. And like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. If you are in a storm, please don't forget that your savior, who is greater than that storm, not only is right there with you, but before that storm is over, he wants you to see how close he is to you so that you will know him better. Do not allow the storm you're facing to keep you from the face of Jesus, from seeing him, from knowing him, and letting him walk you through in this season of your life. So can I invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And in just a moment, we're gonna come to the Lord's table and we're gonna share in communion together. But before that, I wanna pray for you. And so if you're here in Auditorium 1 or maybe you're over in Auditorium 2, you might be watching this on a screen somewhere or you're listening to this podcast and you would say, Chad, this... This word was just what I needed today because I'm in a storm. Might even be one that you didn't even know you were gonna be in a week ago. And you would say, God, will you help me to find faith in the middle of this storm? Would you just raise your hand right where you are and I wanna pray for you today. You say, I'm in a storm. I'm in a storm at work. I'm in a storm at school. There's a storm in my family. There's things going on around me. Anybody else, you can raise your hand and put it right back down. That's all I'm gonna ask you to do. You're in a storm. Father, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you from this, for this story from your life that reminds us that you never leave us or forsake us and that you're with us in every storm. Lord, for the ones that raised a hand today, would you speak life to them? God, would you remind them that you know exactly where they are, that you know exactly who they are, and that your desire is to weather this storm with them. Lord, we pray for our church, that God, even through the storms that we face, that we would be reminded that you are always faithful. And somehow, Lord, like your word says, that you work all things together for good. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna ask you to take the communion elements in your hand if you would. And, and before you open them, before you start to prepare your elements, let's take a moment and prepare our hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. 
Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. So, so before we open these, but before we move to a point of sharing, can we have a moment of examination? Like, can, are there things in your life that need to be made right? Not just what's in the front, but are there backyard sins? Things that nobody knows, things you don't want people to see. Places where you need to say, God, would you help me to find freedom? God, would you bring healing? Would you bring forgiveness? Would you change my heart or, or lift this attitude? Or God, give me a new perspective or help me to have faith instead of fear. Holy Spirit, would you do the work that only you can do? Would you shine a spotlight on these areas? Lord, thank you that your word says that Jesus, you came and you gave your life so that we could be made right in God's sight. And you did that while we were still sinners. And so we examine our hearts in this moment. And we ask for grace we don't deserve. We ask for mercy that's unthinkable. Jesus, we ask that your sacrifice would bring life to us. In Jesus' name. I'm gonna invite you to peel back the, the top clear layer that's there. And as you do, Paul says, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so, Father, we thank you for the bread. The bread that reminds us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. That Jesus, it was because of your death that the price was paid so that my sins, so that our sins could be forgiven. And Jesus, that you have always known this moment. And this moment doesn't surprise you and our sins don't catch you off guard. But you died so we could know grace and freedom. And so we thank you for this as we share in the bread together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share in the bread together. And as you re remove the covering from the cup, let me read how Paul wrote that in the same way after supper, Jesus took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And Father, we thank you for the shed blood of Jesus Christ. 
because Jesus, there's, there's life that's in your blood and there's forgiveness that's in the blood and there is healing for our bodies and for our minds and for our spirits because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share in the cup together. And can I invite you to stand with me if you would, please? And as we do, we're gonna take a moment and we are gonna sing together about the wonderful name of Jesus, the one who brings us healing, the one who brings us life. In fact, even if you're, you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now and just even begin to thank him now. Thank him for his grace in your life. Jesus, we thank you that you are the one because of your sacrifice who brings us life and life to the full. And we thank you for that as we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, what a wonderful name.
And Lord, we thank you that in every storm, we can put our confidence in the wonderful, the beautiful, powerful name of Jesus. Lord, for the one who's in a storm today, would they not walk away from this service without knowing that as they put their faith in you, they do not weather this storm alone. Father, for the one who maybe has never called on the name of Jesus, has never, never taken you, Jesus, as the one who can bring them freedom and forgiveness, or maybe the one who needs that forgiveness new today, we call on the powerful name of Jesus. And Lord, we give our church to you, to the God who is faithful in every storm. And so, Lord, we trust you. Lord, we pray that in a, in a powerful way, would you pour out on us your special favor and your wonderful peace. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. If you would like someone to pray with you, we have a team that's down here at the front. Feel free to come and uh, invite you for prayer. We'll see you next Sunday.